fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right we are. Hey, welcome into the program. It's the day you've been looking forward to your entire weekend, which is Monday. I see that tongue-in-cheek, I know. If you were in studio, you'd slap me already. It's okay. Hey, I try. I'm the eternal optimist. We try to get you moving and up for the day, which means that you are one day through the work week. You see the light at the end of the tunnel. Welcome into the show. This is The Voice Reason. My name's Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio and TV and live streaming and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we love you to death. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend. We'll do a weekend in review here in just a moment. Bottom of the hour. Coming up, we have Professor Michael Rechtenwald. He is the author of the book, The Great Reset, as we talk about The Great Reset, also fighting against the global elite, as you know. Uh, the World Economic Forum has been quite interesting to see Al Gore lose his mind. You've seen the parties going on with all the elites on what they're trying to promote as they say that the economy's doing well. Don't worry. The global economy's doing well, but we need to lay off a whole bunch of people. And oh, by the way, we're going to invest in new things as we continue to take hold of the global uh, network. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit, how we can continue to fight for liberty, freedom, individuality, and limited government and make sure that we don't allow a global government to take control and take hold of everything which is kind of on the road that we're moving down. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit. We have some economic numbers for you as well, uh, kind of things to bore you. That's what we do on this show, right? Just kind of make your eyes gloss over with all the numbers we regurgitate over and over. But don't worry, we'll keep it somewhat entertaining. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend. I am quite sad. Real quickly for my weekend, I was devastated. One program, a TV show that I've been watching for a very, very long time, it's over. It's finished, finito, done, zip, and I'm sad because when you watch it for years on end, you almost get emotionally attached to the characters, and now that it's done, I guess I'm looking forward to the movies that they're going to try and make as kind of spinoffs, but the TV show itself is over, and that, of course, I'm talking about is The Walking Dead. Yes. Oh, yes. The Walking Dead is officially over, and we should be very sad about that. It was very. T- What's ironic about The Walking Dead is that they ended up stopping production during the COVID nineteen pandemic of you know a virus that's killing people and turning them into zombies. They stopped production of that show during a global pandemic of a virus that was killing people and turning them into zombies. And by zombies, I mean the cohorts that were adamant about the mask wearing and the vaccinations. Unless you're going to die in the streets. So quite ironic. Quite ironic, but nonetheless, it is all over. 11 seasons, man. I remember the first time I watched it, We, I was sitting at home sick as a dog, uh, which apparently is now we're going through the flu season again because half of my coworkers are out right now and not feeling well. Little Voice of Reason got the flu over the weekend and wasn't feeling well as well. So that was a bummer. She did really well in her basketball game on Saturday. It was her final one, and she did very good the first half. 
I got to take her and got to see her. I haven't gotten to see very many games this this year, but I took her on Saturday. She did very well, but then the second half she was a little sluggish. She, she <laughs> I gave her a hard time because as she was running down the court. She wasn't really running, but like half like sliding across the court, and she was literally running right beside the other team that was be, that was dribbling the ball right beside her, and she wasn't even trying to take it. So I could tell something was up. wasn't feeling the best, but nonetheless she did great. I'm very proud of her. And then afterwards she goes down. She goes, I have a headache and I'm cold. And then I knew that the flu had officially set in. So doing all right so far on my end. She's feeling better today. She's going to be back at it at school again tomorrow. But then we ended up having her have a sick day. We watched The Walking Dead, finished 11 seasons. But I remember the very first time I watched it. And for those of you, you ever watched that show where it's so memorable, you're like, I will never forget this moment. I was sick as a dog sitting at home. This was when Isla was one, I want to say. So we were still in Colorado, and I was sick as a dog. I called in from work, and I was looking for something to do while I was sitting in bed being bored out of my mind. So I turned on this program, and Mrs. Voice of Reason and I had wanted to watch it for a while. Turned it on, and I was creeped out, and it was awesome. And I ended up watching a full like season and a half in one day. And then when Mrs. Voice of Reason came back from work, she goes, hey, how was your day? I said, awesome, you need to watch this. And we rewatched it and did it all over again. And since then, we've been absolutely hooked. Kind of had its low moments in the middle of the seasons there for a while, but nonetheless, it came back with a bang towards the end. Highly recommend it, but The Walking Dead was a great one, and it's all done, and it makes me very sad. Now, the TV show of The Walking Dead is done doesn't mean that the real-life Walking Dead is done. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? What's trending today? And what I mean here is the fact that over the weekend, it would have been, which I love how the media is portraying this, is it would have been the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, over this weekend, which the fact that it was repealed in June of last year means we did not hit 50 years. It was 49 years for Roe v. Wade, but it was traditionally when it would have been, which means we had all different kinds of marches and protests over the weekend. On Friday, we told you about the March for Life that was ongoing in Washington, D.C. with a massive turnout, and it was really good to see. We talked a little bit about the federalism, the states now with the making of their decisions. Over the weekend, however, there were other protests going on with people still irate of the fact that one state can legalize it, the other state can ban abortion, and how dare you try and trample on our rights. We have the right to liberty and pursuit of happiness, except you missed one, which is what Kamala Harris did over the weekend. America is a promise, a promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each... endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. (laughs) Um, I think we missed one there. If you actually read the Declaration of Independence, you forgot the first part of it. I get that you try to do the selective hearing and the selective reading based on whatever fits your narrative. I understand that. I know that it's very difficult for them to read in complete sentences, but let's go back just one phrase there. Can we please? That we are each endowed with the right the right to what the right to that would be life liberty and the pursuit of happiness now the first one completely contradicts the entire reason why you're out protesting but you forgot that one to liberty and the pursuit of happiness (laughs) oh man you want to talk about the real walking dead these are the goons that are out there and they're chatting in the background as the vice president's out there uh, talking about women's rights and, and all this garbage about abortion and how it's where we're endowed by the right to 
liberty in the pursuit of happiness. No, wait, wasn't there three? No, no, the other one just disappeared. We erased it. It was an emoji. We forgot all about that one. We just left it out of the document. It didn't fit in my text in my 130-character tweet. Therefore, it didn't exist. It's all good. The liberty and pursuit of happiness, baby. That's what it's all about. Man. The Walking Dead, the blind hordes that just go along with the Democrat agenda without understanding common sense in any way, shape, or form is quite ironic uh, for them. Then at the same time, I got to ask you, I'm sure you watched some form of media throughout the weekend. Probably, maybe, hopefully you did, at least to kind of know what they're doing during the weekend when you're supposedly not paying attention. Did anybody see at all any type of news reports, media blasts, pictures, tweets, anything regarding the documents in the FBI raid on the home in Delaware for President Joe Biden. Anybody? Because I didn't. I was looking, and apparently it happened. And in by raid, I mean they knocked on the door nicely. They walked in there. They did their six-hour search uh, while he was at his other vacation home because he's not part of the elites. He's actually part of the working class. Remember, middle-class Joe is what they called him all the time, the guy that has like three vacation homes and one of them that has a Corvette in it with a garage full of classified documents. Uh, They found a third set of documents as they collected six different classified folders out of his search of the six or eight hours, whatever they did over the weekend. While he was knowing about it, willing to do it and went to his vacation home in another place and the fbi went in did not do the massive raid with all these cars pulling up with all the armed uh, armed fbi agents they knocked on the door nicely they got access in there and they did their hours on end just looking through different files and taking away six more files of classified documents still we don't know what those actually are now if you remember When Donald Trump ended up going through this shenanigans, we had wall-to-wall media coverage. They saw saw all the FBI vehicles out there with all the armed guards and the ones with the evil assault weapons that were waiting to assault people. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? And then to prove that it happened the way that it happened and to prove that he had classified documents, they spread the papers all out on uh, on the floor and took a snapshot and put it on social media to say, aha, see, we told you that he had classified documents and we're proving it so much that we're going to post them on social media so that way people can see the classified documents because that makes all the sense in the world. We didn't see any of that. In fact, over the weekend, I was looking through the mainstream media, as in CNN, MSNBC, CBS, all the other ones regarding the classified documents from the Biden administration, and I didn't see a headline anywhere about the raid from the FBI. Not a bit. I, I didn't see one, except for an opinion piece from MSN, uh, MSNBC. This was on the 23rd, so this was today, where they actually defend the difference between the Biden raid and the Trump raid. As according to the writer of this, Steve Bennon, whoever the hell that is, to be sure it's hardly good news for the incumbent Democrat that the Justice Department investigators over the course of of an inspection that lasted 13 hours uncovered another half dozen items. Biden, or at least those who packed his belongings in years past, giving him the scapegoat. There it wasn't him. It was the guys that packed it up for him. Already stood accused of having been sloppy with classified material several years ago. And now those accusations have been reinforced with the discovery of additional findings. They were sloppy. It wasn't their fault. Now, again, we need to remember that this is a stupid argument. This is a stupid uh, case. This is a stupid story in the first place because, I mean, I don't really care. But... If we're going to at least be fair about this in some way, shape, or form, Donald Trump 
had conversations with the archives in in the White House. They told him to put extra locks in there. He had put the extra locks into the places that he had his home, and there was no reason for them to do the raid except for the spectacle of having the media there to look at armed FBI agents outside of his Mar-a-Lago home. This year, however, they admit that they were sloppy. They didn't know what they were doing. These are people that have been lifelong politicians and those in the system. They did a 13-hour search over the weekend and found six more, uh, half dozen more items uh, with folders of classified information on there. And now they're giving him the scapegoat of, well, the people that did it, not him, but people that did it were sloppy. They didn't know what they were doing and they were already in trouble for it. But they continue on with the article. But again, there was no need for court-approved search warrants because the president, unlike a certain someone, meaning Trump, chose to be fully cooperative with the process. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't the Department of Justice that signed a search warrant to go after, like what they did with Trump. So totally different situation. He's cooperating completely fine. They went in there. They didn't raid it. They just searched it, and they found some things which... Didn't look the best for him, but at least he was cooperating, so that way it wasn't a search warrant from the Department of Justice, unlike he who must not be named like Donald Trump. Now, if you remember again with Trump's situation, there was no need for that for the search warrant because they were working with the National Archives, because they already knew exactly what documents were there, and because he had put additional safety measures and locks on the safes that he had there with the information on there. There was zero reason for the raid, but because they used that technicality that the DOJ signed a search warrant, told them to go and raid the place, that's a total different situation of the fact that the vice president who couldn't declassify had classified documents that he shouldn't have had. But by God, it was just a sloppy situation from the people within the White House at the time when they were moving Joe Biden out of office as vice president all the way back then. Unlike that certain someone, he who must not be named. Man, desperation. I smell the desperation coming out of MSNBC. That opinion piece defending him is the only headline out of CNN, of MSNBC, of CBS, any of them talking about this. When 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 are they going to get their 24 hours of full-on monitoring of the raids? Andy Hoosier. Hmm. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out for a Monday here, trying to get you up and moving for another week. You're excited. I'm excited. You scream ice cream. We all scream for ice cream. It's what we do here on this show. I don't want to talk much more. Show of hands, how many people are sick and tired about hearing the Biden classified documents? We know they're corrupt. We know that they lie. We know that they cheat. We know that they steal. It's nothing different. It's nothing out of the ordinary. It's just proof positive that they continue to try to do the, you know, we are holier than thou and do as I say, not as I do, because Donald Trump's the worst, most evil human being on the face of the earth. And we're going to prove it to you by going public with it and doing the 24 hour. uh, It's almost like the webcam. It's almost like the live stream of we're going to watch every moment of Trump's raid. But Joe Biden, did it really happen? Did did Trump, uh, did Biden really have a raid? No, 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 no. They didn't have a raid. They just went in to do a 13-hour investigation, and yeah, they found some more stuff. Probably wasn't the best move for the Biden people, but they were just sloppy. It's not their fault. They just didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> just blowing it off completely. It's unbelievable. Speaking of the media and how they report some of this stuff, uh, I know that that's, again, kind of a silly thing to talk about because, Andy, we already know. But it, nonetheless, it's still important because as, wa- as Washington's working slowly, 
according to Republicans, to try and clean up the House of Representatives. They say they want more transparency. Now, again, I don't know why this is this as difficult as it is. This is absurd for them to be like, oh, we want more transparency. We just have to work our way to get there. It's not that difficult. As you can see in my low-budget production here of this Voice of Reason broadcast that's on radio, TV, and live streaming every day and podcasting, as you can see, it's not that difficult to actually put up a stream for people to be able to view the show on the interweb every day. We have a webcam. We put up a few graphics. We link it to our social media. We link it to a couple other uh, streaming networks, and they blast it out, and boom, anybody around the world can actually watch this program, and they do often quite a bit on every platform out there every day, and we thank you for that. It's not that difficult. If you really want transparency, and I told you before that this is going to be very simple, we just need to start a GoFundMe in order to just buy them. All we need is about a $50 webcam and a laptop in every conference room and every committee room for the House of Representatives and the Senate. You put it up, you live stream. When you're in there doing business, then you just turn it on and let people hear about what you're talking about. I know it's very triggering for some elites who don't want you to know what they're actually doing. It's very simple to do. So the entire political argument of, ah, it's going to be complicated. No, it's not. That's just their way of saying, well, we just don't want you to really know while we're really trying to say that we want you to uh, be transparent with what we're doing here. Because C-SPAN, as you know, since the voting of Kevin McCarthy in the Speaker of the House seat, C-SPAN apparently has not been as active as what they were. They were all over that five days about how Republicans are imploding and they're eating themselves alive and they're trying to just destroy the speakership. And it could be Democrats that get it. It could be a, a, a cohort of McCarthy and the Democrats that are working together to try and bring the leadership in in a bipartisan manner to oust the radical conservative nut jobs that are in Washington, D.C. And they tried to play that off. And then once it happened and we voted Kevin McCarthy in with the concessions that he did, with the Republican conservatives that now have an influence in a lot of committees, subcommittees, and the House floor in general with some of the rule changes that they made, C-SPAN hasn't been as active. Headline from Fox News is that C-SPAN pushes to, quote, liberalize the House floor feed after the lengthy drama-filled speaker battle to where now they're not airing all of the debates and discussions that are going on on the House floor. They're just not. Now, Regardless of what you think of C-SPAN, I love C-SPAN because C-SPAN is awesome. You just turn it on. There's no bias. There's no commentators. There's no opinionated people on there. It's just here's the live feed. Here's what's going on. And I like that. And I think a lot of people do like that as well at times when they just want to see what's happening without all the clutter and political BS that goes along with it. But now they're not even wanting to do that because conservatives are taking a hold of the House and they don't want that message to get out there. So they're backing off. Simple fix. A webcam and a laptop, baby. Stream it on YouTube and let everybody see what the hell you're doing. It's not that difficult. Republicans, you better step up the PR game like you did at the beginning. Keep it up because your message is going to be tough to get out there. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Darn right it is. It is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. It's a Monday. Trying to cram that ten pounds of reason into that five pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. 
one radio listener at a time on multiple radio stations. We're all over the country, plus TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. What up? Thanks for hanging out as always. I like that idea. I think we're going to start that. We may have to start a GoFundMe here on The Voice of Reason and GoFundMe to raise uh, the funds for webcams and laptops for the federal government. While they say they want more transparency, it's very easy to do. Put a webcam, put a laptop, link it up to YouTube. I want it in the House chamber. I want it in all the committee rooms. I just want to see what's going on all the time. No more backdoor deals. No more behind the uh, behind the closed door stuff. If you're truly about transparency, it's not that difficult, man. It's really not. Again, you can see this low-budget operation right here with the voice of reason and how we get things on. It's okay. We can make it happen. So can they. Let's get into what's trending today. What do you say? What's trending today? It really comes down to the fact that do they really want information coming out from Washington, D.C. or beyond that as well. Obviously, over the last week, we had the World Economic Forum. with the Did you know the global government you never knew you even had? As they got together, they had their crazy wild parties with prostitutes that came in from all over the world to come out there. We had Al Gore just losing his mind, yelling and ranting and raving about things that I don't know. I mean, he was re- he stopped being relevant when his deadline ran out, when the seas would rise by like 20 feet and all the East Coast and West Coast would be underwater and we'd all be dying right now. Uh, that obviously did not happen. So I don't know exactly what all they talked about, but obviously they have a lot of big plans for what's going to happen on the global economy. And while Joe Biden's out there, trying to say that the economy is doing oh so well here in the United States, just did a brief Google search, just a brief one, and from CNBC with a lot of this information, uh, they're parading the fact that inflation's down to 6.5% nationwide, which if that's your way of saying the economy's doing well, then all the power to you, I guess. But have you seen the amount of businesses that are about ready to lay off employees going into 2023 while they're preparing for the recession of 2023? Amazon's announcing their 18,000. Google, another 12,000. Spotify, 6% of their global workforce. Ford Company, this is primarily over in Europe, but another 3,000 there. Microsoft is at near 10,000 layoffs that they're planning on. Wayfair is planning another 1,000. Twitter is looking at work, laying off near 50% of their workforce. McDonald's has come out and said that they're planning some uh, some layoffs here relatively soon while they're announcing major investments and in other things as well. These are just some of the businesses that are looking at their layoffs. And when the major corporations are already planning it, then you know what the economy could look like here relatively soon. To talk about that and more, I am excited to have on the on the show here. He is author of the new book, new book The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty, Unraveling the Global Agenda. Excited to have on the program here, Professor Michael Rechtenwald. Michael, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Andy. It's nice to to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's interesting as we hear about these numbers. I mean, the Biden administration says that the economy is doing well, the global economy is coming back after COVID-19, but when when major businesses are planning on laying off people left and right, that's kind of a sign of concern, isn't it? Yes, I mean, the World Bank has said uh, directly that we can expect 2023 to be a terrible year of recession if not depression so i don't know what biden's talking about it's always double speak and gaslighting coming (laughs) from him and his administration so everything they say is always the exact opposite of the truth 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the World Economic Forum that happened throughout last week. We had, while they talked about climate change initiatives, they were flying in with their thousands of private jets from all over the world. While they talked about equality in the workforce, they we saw the massive increase in, in sex workers and prostitution coming to the area as well because they like to have their crazy wild parties. Uh, I don't understand what exactly these guys do except for have these forums and talk about how bad the world is and what they want to do. But is this the global government that we're not aware that we actually have? They're actually engineering and uh, putting together and uh, changing the world economy. Uh, this is called stakeholder capitalism. And in fact, uh, almost all the world's major corporations are signed on to it. Uh, they have uh, instituted this through the banking industry, through the asset management industry, that is the stock market and uh, in other ways through the government, through governmental uh, regulations and changes, uh, Biden's 12 uh, executive orders and the recent so-called uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which, uh, which commits uh, $269 billion and, and more, as John Kerry has told us, uh, to climate change mitigation. So it's indeed uh, Klaus Schwab's stakeholder capitalism is considered to be the modus operandi of the world economic system now. And they're doing a backdoor end around change of our, of our way of life and our, uh, our, our patterns of consumption and our incomes uh, through this mechanism. What it almost sounds like is another term that I've heard is like crony capitalism, where obviously I'm a fan of capitalism. I like capitalism. I like the government to get the hell out of the way. And I like businesses just to have the freedom to do what they need to do to be able to succeed. But this stakeholder capitalism, this crony capitalism of either using government for the benefit to stick it to the little guys to where they become, quote unquote, too big to fail, or what it sounds like is almost the heads of these corporations creating their own governmental entity to run things the way they want to. This is not what capitalism was meant to be, is it? No, not at all. This stakeholder capitalism is 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 a new crony capitalism. Uh, it's all centered around this uh, environmental, social, and governance index, the ESG, and stakeholder capitalism. It is a cartel scheme uh, that will starve out of business certain industries and producers while benefiting others. It is a cartel scheme a monopoly scheme, a shared monopoly uh, arrangement. Uh, and this is made very clear by uh, people like Larry Fink of BlackRock, Inc., Klaus uh, Schwab, of course, of the, of the WEF, the World Economic Forum. They, they mean to drive business away from the non-compliant to the compliant and to starve the non-compliant out of business entirely. Do you think it, it'll be successful? I mean, there are a lot of pushback, and I think it really started around the COVID-19 pandemic where the Great Reset Plan really initiated. But do you think it, be, it could become successful? Well, if by successful, we do you, if we mean that it will be implemented, yes, that is, that's already underway. But will the economic system that they are erecting succeed? No. Uh, it'll be a total and total abject failure. Uh, in fact, it will lead to great immiseration, uh, to famines even, and uh, hunger around the world. Uh, it will have disastrous effects, and that's when uh, people will recognize that it is the cause of their misery, and then 
we'll see some change, but not until then. I was going to say, give us kind of an outlay. Let's go 50 years, 60, 70 years down the road when this is implemented. They kill off a lot of the small business, which blows my mind. Here in the United States, obviously, the biggest GDP growth that we have is the 90% of small businesses being defined as a business with 500 or less employees. That is the creation of wealth in this country. That is what creates our, our GDP growth in this nation. They essentially want to kill that off, have the top tier run everything what would the country look like if we end up going completely down this road? Well, I have to change your timeline a little bit there. Their object is to do this by 2030, <laughs> and uh, they're already driving companies out of business, and they're attacking the oil industry, uh, the gas industries, and uh, basically all fossil fuel industries, which they mean to eliminate by 2050 entirely. So, I mean, this is just crazy. And, uh, you know, we're seeing it already in terms of gas prices and inflation. You know, Klaus Schwab complained about inflation and fragmentation at the World Economic Forum at his, in his opening uh, welcoming remarks. But their, their plan is what's causing all, this, all these problems. Mm. And they know it. They know that this, this is causing these problems. And they're acting like they're, they're now the solution to these problems. Uh, but that's typical. That's typical of this kind of dialectic that the left likes to do. They they introduce the problem that they they created, then they claim to have the solution to the problem, and it's all really a setup. Uh, it's a dialectical setup that they instigate, and then uh, come along as the saviors. But they are not saviors by any stretch. No, of course not. And it seems like we fall for this plan every single time. We're talking with Professor Michael Rechtenwald, author of the book The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty, Unraveling the Global Agenda. Where does Russia fall into this and with the ongoing battle with Russia and the Ukraine and how that did affect the energy markets with them stockpiling oil in Russia and whenever this conflict is over, them potentially flooding the market and and pretty much dominating the entire energy market globally? Well, no matter what you think about Russia and their you know, invasion of Ukraine. Russia is a, an, is an outlier here. They are, they are not capitulating to this global order. And uh, this could be part of the reason why they had been vilified so much in advance of the uh, Ukraine attack and why, you know, the U.S. Uh, and its NATO allies more or less provoked the Russian uh, bear into a confrontation uh, so, you know, Russia's an outlier. They're not capitulating to the global agenda. Uh, they are not buying into the climate change catastrophism that is being propagated by the uh, uh, global elite. And so this is what uh, this is why the World Economic Forum uh, titled this conference, their latest conference, Cooperation in a Fragmented World, because they're not being successful in globalizing this agenda entirely. Having those outliers out there. Michael, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Oh, certainly. Fantastic. I love this conversation. I want to continue it on. I want to ask when we come back, the big call to action is what can we do to stop this? Because when they're in control and they're doing their thing, it's going to be harder to actually reverse it. Once government gets power, they don't like to give it up. So the question is, how do we stop it dead in its tracks? We'll do that when we come back here with the book, The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier.
fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know, freedom, common sense, rationale, reason. That's what we're all about here on the program. Last few minutes of the show for a Monday. What's up? Hopefully you had a wonderful day moving through here. we got a lot of big stuff going on this week. I'm excited. More details coming here momentarily. But right now we're hanging out with Professor Michael Rechtenwald. He's got 21 different books. His latest one, The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty, Unraveling the Global Agenda. You can find it on Amazon. Other places, books are sold as well. Michael, the more I hear about these stories and the, the global elites and everything they're trying to do to control us, it makes me so angry. And the more and more I hear about these, I want to go off in the woods. I want to survive off the grid. I want to say to hell with society and just go off and do my own thing. Obviously, that doesn't solve a whole lot of issues, so we have to continue to fight the good fight and fight the battle and make sure that we preserve our liberty, like you say in this book. So, uh, in your opinion, with this move, with the World Economic Forum, with the G12 summits and the G8 summits and all these other big global ideas on how they want to try and control the masses, what can we do is always the big question. How do we fight back on this and what can we do to protect ourselves? Well, I have a nine-point plan for stopping the Great Reset as part of what I'm calling the Grand Refusal. And I can give you a brief outline, because there are a lot of sub-points. But we need to uh, refuse uh, some of the technologies that are coming down the line, like the central bank digital currency, the Internet of Bodies, digital identity. Uh, all of these things will basically hem us in to their totalitarian regime. Central bank digital currency uh, represents the control and you know surveillance over all spending, savings, and debt. Every transaction known to the Fed, in the case of the U.S. and the federal government, uh, digital identity is a complete record of all behavior online and so-called offline behavior from the cradle to the grave. Uh, the uh, Internet of Bodies technologies and devices they would like to install in your body, the metaverse and transhumanism. These are all definitely surveillance technologies that we must reject. And then we need to practice the free market ourselves. And that may mean establishing parallel economic systems and structures, parallel social networks, not necessarily going entirely off the grid, but at least getting outside of their ambit with their own producers, with their producers, and having our own set of producers in a network of collaboration. Uh, and then, of course, we need to divest from all this ESG business, all the stocks that they have uh, permeated, and also banks. Uh, we need to get out of ESG, uh, that's environmental, social, and governance reporting and lending banks, and that's most of the majors. I like and, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, does that include the barter system? I know that right now, I mean, the value of the dollar continues to decline. And if they raise the debt ceiling like they plan to again, probably over the next uh, few months, as we have already run out of money for the month of January going into our budget by the end of September. I mean, obviously, we're already borrowing 100 percent of the GDP and they keep printing money. Do we need to go back to a barter system of some sort? Well, we need to have uh, cash on hand, but also probably other means of uh, transactions like gold, silver, and barter. Uh, these are definitely something that you should consider uh, getting a significant proportion of your, of your uh, holding in, in these assets because there's a chance that what they'll do is crash the dollar, and that's when the digital dollar will be introduced. Yeah. Uh, so 
this is this is perhaps what's ultimately meant by the great meant by the great reset. It's a very scary thought. We got just about forty seconds left here as we kind of wrap up. But the social credit score that China has already implemented, like you mentioned, trying to track everybody's activity, is that what's coming to the U.S. And how quickly do you think that's going to be here? Yeah, that's digital identity. Uh, the social credit score would be part of that. Uh, so would uh, kind of it would be a kind of socio political profile on you. Uh, yeah, that's we need to reject that digital identity, which will be coming probably first through banks and other commercial enterprises. Yeah. So watch how they are trying to introduce this. It'll be very surreptitious. Wow, that's scary. But it's interesting, and you're right. It's it's happening. They're already starting it, especially with the banks on what you're trying to buy by coming out with uh, many banks, Bank of America, for example, saying that you can't buy a firearm with a debit card can't buy a firearm can't buy ammunition they're already trying to lock it down luckily there are some states i know the state of oklahoma trying to put bans into where they can't share that privacy information and block you from purchasing things that you have the right to purchase like that it is the great reset and the struggle for liberty unraveling the global agenda michael rechtenwald michael it's great to have you on the program my friend i love the concept let's get you back on again real soon Thanks. Sounds great, Andy. Thanks for having me. Hey, likewise, as always, a pleasure. We'll get you back on soon. That does it for us today. Man, flies right on by. We'll do it again tomorrow right here on The Voice Reason. Until then, be that catalyst for change in your own community. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.